2 Kings chapter 4. Let's all stand one more time. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. You're very familiar with this. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. The subject today is faith and finances. I've been preaching about money in the afternoons a lot lately. And today we're going to talk about faith and your finances. Verse 1, 2 Kings 4. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and, thy, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. That means a bunch. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all, into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her, and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And she... Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. You can be seated. Faith and finances. And uh, I'm going to try to preach about balancing your faith within your finances. I mean, finances covers a lot of things. It covers spending. It covers borrowing. Uh, it covers uh, credit. It uh, covers saving. So uh, faith and finances, finding the balance in our finances for our faith. Now this story is very unique, and we want to learn from it, but we want to be careful not to pattern ourselves after this story and expect the same results. Okay. Let me say it one more time. We want, we want to learn from this story, but we don't want to pattern ourselves after this story and expect the same results. I don't want to go get myself head over heels in debt let, and, and something happen to me and to leave my wife at, at home with a big mess, okay, and expect God to take care of it, okay? Uh, I don't want to pattern uh, my experience after this, but I want to learn from this experience. And uh, this story is unique, and uh, let me share with you some, some reasons why that God did something here he's probably not going to do for you, okay? Uh, some things that I see here that, that God did for this widow and her two bondmen uh, is uh, that he probably is not going to do for us should we find ourselves in the same predicament. Uh, first of all, these are, are fatherless children and a widow. These are fatherless children and a widow. And if you know your Bible, you know if there's somebody that God cares about, God cares about fatherless children and widows. Uh, these ver verses are all kind of bunched up. I'm going to read them real quickly. Deuteronomy 24, verse 17. Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger nor of the fatherless, nor take a widow's raiment to pledge. Verse 19, when thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field, and thou hast forgot a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hands. Verse number 20, same chapter. Uh, the Bible says, uh, thou shalt, well, sorry. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the bows thereof. Again, it shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. Verse 21. When thou gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and the widow. God cares about the fatherless and the widows in particular. Uh, Psalm chapter 146, verse number 9. The Bible says, The Lord preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless 
and widow, but the way of the wicked, he turneth upside down. And so this is a unique story that uh, is in particular because we're dealing with fatherless children and a widow. This is not a working man. Uh, This is not a young man. Uh, This is not uh, uh, someone who has means. This is somebody that has no means whatsoever. It's a fatherless, it's fatherless children and a widow. Uh, That's the first thing I'm going to say about them. The next thing is that they are suffering because of somebody else's financial mistakes and not their own. They're suffering because somebody else made some financial miscues and they didn't. Listen, you may deserve to get in a mess. You, 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 you do something with your finances that's just not smart. You may deserve to have to go through a long period of trouble and financial drought uh, because we reap what we sow. We just reap what we sow. Uh, but they are suffering because somebody else blew it, okay? Uh, they're victims, if you will, even though the victi- they're victims of their own uh, family's mistakes. Uh, thirdly, unless God directly himself instructs you, otherwise you will not bar your, your way, way out of debt, okay? This is the only time in the Bible or in fact in history, as far as I'm concerned, that people were able to bar their way out of debt when she borrowed all these vessels, okay? And I'll say more about that later. And so they, those are the unique things about this story that we see that are different than our circumstances, probably all of us, okay? So we don't need to pattern, we don't need to, we don't need to jump off out there and say, God's going to take care of me like he did the widow. No. We're talking about faith and finances, but that's not the kind of faith I'm talking about, okay? Now, <clears throat> let me give you the ingredients. of This is a financial miracle. What we just read, 2 Kings chapter 4, this is a financial miracle. Y'all have already forgotten that I'm going to talk about somebody, and we may want to edit this out, okay? So, y'all, are, I'm losing y'all already. Get back with me, okay? Uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 is where we started at. Uh, the ingredients for this financial miracle is, number one, the widow's faith. Uh do you think she's under stress? Yeah. She has nothing but two boys that's, that's worth anything and a pot of oil. Okay? And because the boys are more valuable than the pot of oil, the creditor is fixing to get the two boys. She's under stress. And once the boys are gone, what's she going to have? She has, she, she's a woman. In a day where women could not employ themselves in a, in a, in a good fashion, okay? Uh, this woman is in big time trouble. She's no doubt under a lot of stress. Not only, I mean, take away the fact that she's fixing to lose two sons to be slaves uh, that's going to break her heart and she's going to be left alone. She's already lost her husband. She's in a mess and she's under stress. But she's got faith in God and she goes to the man of God, okay? So we're seeing this thing of, of faith. Uh, she doesn't go to somebody rich. Uh, she doesn't go to uh, the bank if there was one in that day. But in faith... She did, she went to the man of God and she did what he said and she borrowed the vessels in faith. She shut the door in faith on her and her sons and she started pouring in faith. She's got faith. And that's what I'm preaching about. Faith and finances. The next thing I want to talk about is her borrowed vessels. Now, I want to spend a little time here. She didn't borrow money. Now, I didn't say it was wrong to borrow money. But how's she going to pay back, how's she going to pay back money if she borrows money? That's the problem is somebody borrowed money they couldn't pay back. Okay? That's not the solution. The solution to not being able to pay back money is not to borrow money. That's why, uh, and I've got to where I pay some of our bills uh, over the phone. I, I could do it online, but I just I prefer to do it over the phone, okay? Even though I don't get to really talk to anybody, I'll do it over the phone, and I, I, type, I push in numbers on the, on the keypad, and uh, they always say, Keep in mind that you cannot pay your bill with a credit card. 
Now, why do they say uh, if I'm paying a, a, an insurance bill, if I'm paying an insurance bill uh, over the phone, why do they say you can't pay it with a credit card? Because you're borrowing money to pay back money you already owe. How are you? If you can't pay them without borrowing, then you're going to end up not being able to pay these people back, and you're going to default, and everybody's going to be hurting, okay? So it's just common sense. This woman, she's, she's borrowing, not money. Listen, this is really essential in what I'm trying to preach to you today. She only borrowed what she could expect to return. Never borrow anything you cannot reasonably expect to return or give back. Never borrow anything that you cannot reasonably expect to give back. I knew a preacher one time. I, he didn't have this conversation with me. He had it with somebody that I know to be uh, truthful. And uh, he, uh, uh, he was without a job, and he, and he bought a vehicle, and he told uh, the person that told me, he said, I know I can't pay for it, but he said, I need it, and they'll just have to come, back, come and get it, take it back. That's wicked. Yeah. You know what that is? That's stealing. That's taking something that you know you can't take pay back. That's like Huckleberry Finn's uh, daddy. Who was Huckleberry Finn's daddy? Somebody help me out. You, you Mark Twain people. What was his name? Oh, man. I know his name and can't think of it. I don't know if I said something funny or not, but uh, Linda, you don't know Huckleberry Finn's daddy, do you? Mr. Finn, that was it. Thank you, brother. I knew Lindell was good for something. I've been trying for years to figure out what it was. Now we know. Okay. <laughs> I know his name. Can't think. It's been too long since I read Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn. But he always he taught he taught Huck. He said when they would be taken from people, they would take food. They would take clothes off the line. Of course, I know this is all fiction. But he'd tell Huck. He said, "We're not really stealing it. He said we're just borrowing it." He said, "If we can if we can ever pay it back, we will." Stealing. It's stealing. It's stealing to borrow something you have no capability of paying back. Okay? We need to understand this. She, she borrowed, but she only, she's just borrowing vessels that she's going to be able, she expects, she expects to be able to take them back. They probably didn't have glass uh, like containers like we have, even the bottles uh, that Jesus talked about being burst were, were wineskins. And so these are probably made out of copper or, or brass or some kind of metal vessels here, uh, or, or perhaps even leather uh, vessels. Uh, she expects to be able to return them. Never borrow something you don't expect to be able to return. Christian people ought not to do that. It's wrong. So we've got the ingredients for this financial miracle. First of all, we've got her faith. Then we've got the borrowed vessels that she was going to be able to return. And then lastly, Elisha asked a question. He said, what hast thou in the house? Now, he didn't mean got any furniture. He means, what, have you got anything that's worth anything? She said, all i got is just, just oil. That's all we got. As I told you before, one black preacher said, she said, if I could say it like he did, I won't even try. But he said, we fried chicken last night, and all we got left is just a pot of oil. Okay, it's all, it's all they had left was just a pot of oil. It's, all, it's the only thing that's worth anything she got. And that's, the, that's all the ingredients she needs for this financial miracle. Okay, She needs a financial miracle. She's got faith. She's borrowing something that she can return. And she's got something that's worth something. 
And God takes what she's got that's worth a little bit and multiplies it. And not only does he multiply it and get her out of debt and save her two sons from, from bondage, but now he, he is able to give her enough to live on. I mean, think about it this way, and you've heard me preach it before. After she gets out of this debt, she still has no means for survival. She's still a widow with two young sons, uh, and she has no means. And so she's going to need something to live on in the future. And Elisha, by the grace of God and the power of God, enables this woman to take something that she's got that's worth something, and God multiplies it, not just to get her out of this present debt, to give her something to live on the future so she won't get back in the mess she's in. That is a financial miracle with three ingredients. Faith, borrowing what you can repay, and then taking what you've got and letting God do something with it. Okay? Now, think about this tonight, today, church. I know the Lord spoke this world into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. But think about since creation. Okay, think about the miracles of Christ. Think about the miracles in the Old Testament. Elisha feeding a great number of people. Let me take you to, to three of the Gospels at least. Talk about the feeding of the 5,000. Did God just say, poof, and all of a sudden there's food? No, he took something somebody had. Okay? He took the little boy's lunch of five loaves and two fishes, and he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. When there was the, four, the feeding of the 4,000, did God say poof again, and all of a sudden all this food appears? No, he took something somebody had, and he multiplied it, and there was food to be, to be had again. When, when Peter needed money, he took something Peter did have, a fishing pole with a hook on it, and caught a fish, and God was able to pay that debt. I'm telling you that God, you, we don't need to look outward when we get into financial troubles. We need to look inward and say, what have I got that God can use? Can I trade this? Can I flip this? The psalmist said, Psalm 37, verse 25, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken her seed begging bread. This woman didn't have to beg. She's got faith. She's, she's borrowing only what she can pay back. And then she's taking what she's got and God's able to do something with it. Now, uh, I'm getting to the part that I, I questioned if I wanted it recorded or not. Uh, so far, I've been able to... Uh, think of a way I think that I can say this. I'm going to read from a couple of prayer letters, okay? I'm going to read from a couple of prayer letters. I'm not going to tell you who the prayer letters are by. It doesn't matter. We do get prayer letters from, from works that we do not support. I'm saying that to be vague because I'm not trying to, to put these people in a bad light, okay? I'm trying to give you biblical teaching on faith and finances, okay? But not everybody's always had biblical teaching on faith and finances, and some people get in a mess, like a man we read about right here. There was a good man. He was a good man, and, and Elisha knew it, and his wife knew it. She said, you know my husband? He was a good man. He was one of the sons of the prophets. So this was a good guy. He just made, him, he just made some mistakes, okay? And so I'm not, I'm not here to try to condemn somebody. I'm just trying to use somebody else's mentality. Listen, if you grow up in the United States of America, you're going to get a bad mentality when it comes to money. you got to get in God's Word and get the right kind of mentality. Okay, here's what I'm going to say, and then I'll read you a couple of portions of prayer letters. Credit and borrowing what you cannot repay are not acts of faith. Okay, I've already said that already, but I'm just saying it a different way. Credit and borrowing are not acts of faith. That's, 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 that's you going out and saying, I believe God wants me to have a new car. 
and I know I can't pay for it, but I believe God's in it, and you go get it. That's not faith. That's stupidity. Show me in the Bible where God did that. God takes something we have and by faith He's able to multiply. I didn't say it's wrong to borrow money. I haven't said that. I'm trying to tell you that we get this idea sometimes that credit and borrowing what we can't repay is an act of faith. Now, I'm going to read from a prayer letter here. This is in the section. You've not seen this. I've kept this for some time. Now, this is from January. This is a prayer letter, so it's about two, three months old, two months old. We need your prayer, and he's given some, some prayer requests, and here is the last prayer request. I won't name the country, but it's in Africa. Pray for this, the establishment of an ongoing way to fund the physical needs of the churches from within Africa. He, he, he calls the name of the country, I'm not going to call it. Now listen to what he says, finances are a very real part of any real missions work. My dream is to see the churches and pastors become completely self-sufficient without depending on money from churches in foreign countries. Amen, hallelujah. Here's a missionary that says, we're trying to start churches over here. And he said, I want these men to learn to not be standing over here with their hand out to America waiting on some church in America to hand them some money. I want them to learn how to do what they can with what they've got. That's, that's the biblical way. That's what Elisha's trying to teach the widow. God will help you. Listen, folks, if God don't bless us, we're in trouble anyways. It don't matter if you've got a thousand gallons of, of, of oil. You don't matter if you've got an oil well. If God don't bless it, you're in trouble. But God can take a little bit of oil and do something with it if you let him have it. But you've got to do it God's way. Finances are a very real part of any real missions work. My dream is to see the churches and pastors become com completely self-sufficient without depending on money from churches in foreign countries. There is no doubt that our family, as well as the church leadership in here in Malawi, greatly appreciate the sacrificial giving of Bible-believing churches in America and individuals around the world. Without your financial help, the ministries here in this country could have never been established. However, as we move forward, and we see the pastors here take an increasingly major role in the actual ministry leadership, we need to be careful not to create a culture of dependency on foreign funding for ongoing progress in the ministries. That's really, really good stuff. That's really, really good stuff. Let me read it to you one more time. We need to be careful not to create a culture of dependency on foreign funding from, for ongoing progress in the ministries. He goes on to say, is it good for church leadership to deepen into the culture of dependency as they lead the way forward in their independent... He's, he's talking about independent Baptist churches. He says, he says, we want to be an independent church, but yet we're dependent on somebody else. He said, there's something wrong with that. And I appreciate that, okay? Now, uh, uh, I, again, I, 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 there's a flip side of this, okay? I'm going to read to you from another prayer letter, Okay? And again, don't, don't, don't even try to figure out who or what this might be. This is, it's a Bible publisher, okay? You may or may not know who it is. But he talks about, in their prayer letter, trailer loads of paper that were purchased by faith. That's, what, that's the quote. That quote's in here more than once. And it was in multiple back-to-back -back prayer letters sent over about a, a six-week span. Several prayer letters went out. And you'll understand why in a minute. Trailer loads of paper were purchased by faith. Again, next paragraph. We've been by faith purchasing 
trailer loads of paper. Another prayer letter. Uh, trailer loads of paper have been purchased by faith. But when you get to reading the whole prayer letter, you realize that they weren't purchasing by faith. They were buying by faith on credit. <laughs> they didn't have the money to pay for the paper. There's a difference. Please don't, I'm not, I'm not fussing at anybody. I'm using, I'm using this to try to help you, okay? Don't get mad at me. for This is an eye-opening thing, okay? I hope it helps you. When he says we purchased it by faith, if you read the whole prayer letter, it never was purchased. They ordered it, ordered it on faith, and they don't have the money to pay for it. Okay? And now we get to uh, this part of the prayer letter. And I've got three prayer letters. I'm just only read a, a, a short section for time's sake. Here's what he said. We just need to raise a really good special Christmas offering uh, to retire this debt so we can start the new year in the black. Otherwise, the cost of the interest will cut into our future production. This don't sound good. Now, what I tell you I was preaching on, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm preaching on y'all. I feel like y'all wrote the prayer letter, okay? Uh, I'm preaching about finding the balance between faith and finances, okay? Now, somewhere, somewhere, I didn't say it's wrong to borrow money. I didn't say it's wrong for ministries to borrow money. I didn't say it's wrong for churches to borrow money or Christians to borrow money. But we should never borrow what we can't expect to repay, Okay. You know what's sad? It is sad, and it's the culture we live in in America. We have forced missionaries and ministers to become salesmen. And they've got to come in. Uh, well, I'm saying so many things, and I feel like that y'all are apt to take me wrong, okay? I love good ministry presentations, okay? Do you know what missionaries are doing now? They're hiring. It's been, it's, they've, it's been played here. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's sad that we get to this point. Missionaries hire, uh, I, I can't think of the right word, but advertising firms to, to develop their slideshows and their present video presentations. And it's got the, the music in the background and, it, and it's got the right pictures and it's professionally done. To try, listen, don't misunderstand me. I know it's just like this brother, this missionary said, we've got to have support coming from somewhere. What I'm trying to tell you is that our mentality is all wrong. And we have forced, we have forced people that lead ministries to become beggars. And and a lot of them have brought it on themselves. Okay. Uh, Somewhere we've got to find the balance between faith and saving. And between faith and a tighter budget. And between faith for future expenses with what we already have. Okay? Now, uh, I'm going to try to describe it to you this way. I'm using 2 Kings chapter 4 as as my text, okay? And I'm also using the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. And... uh, uh, Peter catching a fish, and I'm, and I'm using Elisha feeding uh, the sons of the prophets with, with just a little bit of food that God multiplied. God, picture this. God has a pump, okay? 
And he has an endless reservoir from which to pump from. Okay? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Okay? Listen, if God wants to allow you to get out of debt by buried treasure on your property, he can do it. Okay? If he wants to, if he wants to let you discover oil on your half-acre lot, okay, he can do it. God can do anything he wants to do. Okay, it's all his. He has an endless supply of money. And he's got a pump big enough to pump it. Okay. But if, okay, Brother Nathan ought to be teaching this. Because I'm talking about pumps. But now the pump that's not a submergible pump. Brother Nathan, you correct me when I, when I get astray and I don't think we own this. You got a pump sitting outside the water source, okay. It's not submergible, it's sitting up on dry ground. And you got a pipe going down into the water source, okay? Now, if you just turn that pump on, it's just going to pump air. It, you got to prime the pump. Now, maybe they got something new, but pretend they don't. Okay, okay. I'm just dealing with what I've got experience with. And so, you've got you to fill that line up from the pump down to the, to the water source with a check valve in there where the water won't run out the pipe. And once you get it primed, once you get that full of water and you get that pump going, it'll just keep pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping until you pump that thing dry. Now here's what I'm trying to tell you. God's got a pump and he's got an endless reservoir. If you can get enough to prime the pump, then God will take care of the rest of it. Amen. That's, good. That's what he did for this widow. Elisha was basically saying, listen, God can do this, but you've got to have enough to something to prime the pump with. Yeah. And he tells uh, Andrew there, when Andrew says, he asked Andrew, he said, when should we buy bread for these? There are so many. He says, well, all we've got is a little boy's lunch. He says, that's enough to prime the pump. Yeah. But we cannot expect to have nothing and expect God to, you know what two times zero is? Zero! Anything multiplied times zero is still zero. We can't expect not to put something in and God multiply it and come up with something. Amen. What I'm trying to tell you, okay, l- let me go back, okay? And, and I'm not, uh, I'm pretty ignorant, okay? I'm pretty ignorant about a lot of things. But back in 2018, we booked on over here in 2015 and uh, done... Uh, see, let me, let me picture this. The, uh, the pulpit was right here for a while. Y'all don't remember it, but the pulpit was about right here. okay? Because we had three rows of pews, and, and, and they were a little bit different than this. And when you came in the front door, the pulpit's off the side because we just had three rows of pews. Well, uh, we, we built on in 2015, and I, I didn't expect we'd fill it up very quick, but we did. In, in, in 2018, uh, we'd filled up the three rows of pews, and, and uh, I'd been praying about it for a while, and I met with Brother Joe and Brother Bug and Brother Jerry one Saturday down downstairs. And uh, they had no idea what we were meeting about. But it was on a Saturday, and I got them here on a Saturday, and I said, I've been praying about this, and I feel like we need to go ahead and start making plans to build on. And uh, we talked about it a little bit, and uh, we didn't have any money. We had, we'd just finished, uh, I mean, we just didn't have any money to do it with. And uh, Brother Jerry uh, said, well, when do you think we need to start? And I said, well, I've been praying about it, and I feel like that when we get $20,000, we ought to go ahead and start. 
Now, we knew it took, we'd spent 60-something thousand over here, uh, and that was us doing most of the work, okay? So we know it's going to take more than 20,000. But what ended up happening, and most of you know the story, and I told it not too long ago, we had enough to prime the pump, and then God took care of the rest, okay? And I'm not, I'm not telling you uh, that, that just because you've got something, God's going to multiply it. I'm not telling you that either. I'm just saying that somewhere Christian ministries Christian people have got to balance faith, but, but this faith of saying, I believe God's going to take care of it without you, without, you having, without you having something that you saved from last night's supper is not good enough. So there's three ingredients for this financial miracle. There's faith. There's uh, the faith that she has in Elisha and what Elisha is going to do. There's uh, the borrowed, what borrowing only what she can pay back. And then there's what she's got, giving it to God and God doing something with it. Okay. So uh, I'm just trying to tell you that God is not always in people borrowing money. And I can tell you for sure, God's not in borrow, you borrowing something that you don't expect to be able to return. Uh, that's why for you young people, when you get your credit card, you need to keep up with your talent. When you get a debit card, that's probably what you'll get. You'll get a debit card. You gotta, it's so easy not to keep up with it. And the next thing you know, you haven't kept up with it, and you don't have it. Okay. And then if your mom or your daddy's name is on your account as well, they're going to get a phone call from the bank and say, we've got a little problem going on down here. And then they're going to say, I thought you were keeping up with this. Well, I thought I was too. But it's just so easy to spend money you don't have. Okay? And just keep spending. That's, just, that's what's wrong with this country. We keep spending money we don't have. Keep spending money we don't have. And expecting a miracle. But we, we need enough to prime the pump with. Okay? I hope that's makes some sense to you today. And I've not tried to, to, to condemn any particular ministry. Okay? I hope that's been a help to you. Let's bow our heads for it's good. That's a good message for uh, business meeting. Let's bow our heads for order of prayer. Thank you.